money so you can give money to organizations that can do things that you can't do. And I'm sorry to say, but providing free haircuts is nice. It's not going to change the world. everyone. I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Where we teach you to salon differently. Who else has felt personally victimized by ripping color box tabs and saving them just to keep track of your back bar ordering? We all have, which is why we have partnered with Salon Scale to make this process streamlined and simple. The Salon Scale app will keep track of all of your color used, down to the last drop, and give you a suggested color order list whenever you need it. No more under-ordering and no more over-ordering. Tap the link in the episode description to see why thousands have joined the Salon Scale movement. Use code DTH10 to check out for 10% off. Many of our listeners have no idea that Destroy the Hairdresser is more than a podcast. That's right. If you're looking for more education to elevate your salon business and make more money, then our community is the perfect place for you and your team. Unlock live weekly webinars with our entire roster of trained coaches, tap into new networking opportunities, and gain access to our educational dashboard that houses over 100 hours of on-demand business education. Finally, support for hairdressers that want to change the industry. Tap the community link in the episode description and get seven days of free business education today. We're rolling. You see me rolling. rolling with my homies. Oh, we both had very different, different approaches. 90s to that song. experiences. <laughs> Wait, was yours 90s? Think mine was not 90s. Yours is for... like 2000s. That yeah, just shows our age difference. <laughs> <laughs> I was rolling thinking clueless. With the homies. Oh, God. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, today's topic has kind of been in the works. We've talked about this multiple times before, but I don't think it ever had its own episode. No, we talk about it in everything we do. <sighs> yeah. So charge your value, <laughs> give to charity, stop shrinking well, yourself. I think the first thing to understand is like the conversation of affordability and charity seem to go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. They're not actually the same topic, but people talk about them together. As if affordable, like everyone should be affordable to take care of people that can't afford things, which that's a charitable action, which is its own mm -hmm. world. It's not that it's good or bad. It just doesn't, they don't belong in the same category. And I think people are getting really confused, especially hairdressers like, well, I don't want to like outprice certain people. I don't want to, but what people don't realize is that the only way to survive in a capitalist society is to keep growing. Mm -hmm. But the only way capitalism keeps going is if we also, as we get to the top, we then give back to people that are growing. So there's a lot of things That's to talk about. That's how it should happen. But obviously, That's there's a lot of people out there that don't give. But we're trying to listen. We can't change what kind of society like that we live in right now, at least. You know, obviously, people have power. But what we're trying to do at Destroy the Hairdresser is to really help hairdressers understand that, like, okay, this is the way our economy is working, how can we play that game and be successful in order to and bring people up? I think even in our industry, oh my God, how many years ago? Like 50 years ago, not even in the 80s, hairstylists would gatekeep <laughs> everything. Years ago. Yeah, they would gatekeep everything and like keep secrets. And now our 
generation, we're all about pulling people up and helping people and like bringing people up. I don't think we know how to do it though. I think we we don't know how to do it. The heart is there. The heart is there. The consciousness is not Mm -hmm. right. Like, you know, affordability, when you become something affordable, you are essentially becoming part of the process that keeps people down. Mm -hmm. If you are a hairdresser that can't pay their own bills, is late on payments, can't afford to buy a house. You're struggling. You're struggling, can't pay off your student loans if you want to, like, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, if you're in this realm of not necessarily poverty, but just kind of in this in this vicious cycle and hamster wheel that you can't get off of, affordability is not an option for you. You should not work on You're part being of the problem that you're, you're part right. of the people that need help. <laughs> right. So what we see a lot of is people trying to help other people, but it just actually keeps the cycle going. And we want to help people get out of that cycle, which means that you have to make money. You have to grow your vessel, your potential. You have to increase your pricing. You have to start charging premium amounts because that audience also exists. And then when you get there, when you get off the hamster wheel of survival, then you start giving back financially. I'm not talking about free haircuts. Mm-mm. I'm not talking about free services. I'm not talking about discounted service. We don't do discounts at DTH. We don't even, it's we don't like play Voldemort. <laughs> we don't do that at DTH because the goal is to get one person out of the cycle and then they can then become helpful and charitable towards the rest of the world. Otherwise, it's what I would say is charity porn. Look yeah. what I'm doing. Look how I'm giving back. It's virtuous. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I hate it. It's it's ego. It's all ego. Like, oh, look what I'm doing. But then I'm still struggling. And that's why a lot of people leave this industry to go elsewhere. And then they feel no guilt about the money they're making. Yeah, isn't that weird? It's crazy to me. If you're a hairdresser, you have to be affordable. But if you go work at an office, you then you demand money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's so insane. (laughs) You know, here's the thing that I want to remind everyone. Like, obviously, we want hairdressers to make six figures and beyond. We want our salons to be making million dollars. We want big dreams for anyone that is investing their whole life being art heart into their business. Art heart. Art heart. But here's the thing. You can't just come out of hair school charging bukus and lots of money, right? Like it comes with experience. And what we're seeing, we're seeing people in the industry for like 10 plus years lowering their prices or discounting their services or scaling their prices, yet they're spending thousands of dollars a year in education. They are physically working their bodies into the ground. And they think by lowering their prices or giving away free that it's helping the community. And yes, that helps for a second. And by by help, I mean that it's beneficial to the person that's receiving the discount or receiving the free service. But you are now part of that struggling. Like someone needs to give you something in order to survive. And so what you mean like you have to charge higher rates. <laughs> yeah. So what we're doing is actually we're hurting our community. What would be more impactful is to make money, create some sort of business within the community that you can become wealthy enough to be able to give back and actually make a difference. Like it would be more beneficial for you to go to a woman's shelter and help and provide services to truly the needy and then go to a place rather than give free haircuts in your salon. Like that to me is going to be more valuable. Like going to help the people in your community that really need a free haircut versus doing a day where 
people just come in for a discounted service. Of course, people are going to take advantage of a discounted service. And and that's the thing also too, when like, you discount your service, you take business away from someone yes, who is already that's exactly at that what price I was point. Say. Talk about that. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like if you're like, okay, I charge a hundred dollars an hour, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a discount for I don't know. I'm going to do a discount for people that can't afford it to at fifty dollars an hour. Well, there's already someone doing that. That that's their livelihood. Mm-hmm. So your affordability rate is kind of insulting to the person who's like, well, that's actually just what I charge. It would be more, it would be better, more beneficial if you were to know people that had a lower rate than you and you could refer people to and those to help individuals. Yes. That helps, that helps multiple people. But when you try to give, it's not really giving back, right? It's more out of, well, I don't want people to cancel me. I don't want people to think I don't care. I don't want, it's not charitable because it's not critically, it's not critically thought out. It's actually harmful in more ways to yourself and to others than it is beneficial. If you want to be beneficial, money is king. Mm-hmm. Make money so you can give money to organizations that can do things that you can't do. And I'm sorry to say, but providing free haircuts is nice. It's not going to change the world. It also, now you've spent a day physically that you can't get back. You did not make any profit. And now you're struggling. Of one of our coaches we were talking about this morning and she was like, it's like canned food drives. They don't actually feed people to the extent that we think it does. If anything, it's more ego because it fills the person that's donating the cans that have been sitting in the back of their right. pantry. It's spring cleaning. It's spring cleaning. And because they can't afford, because there's without donations, they can't afford to ship those cans to places that will actually feed people. So a lot of them end up going to waste. Exactly. And the other thing is, your one can, it would have been more, it would have been more beneficial to give a hundred dollars where they could buy in bulk and get, you know, 10,000 cans, right? Or be able to deliver the cans that they have. (laughs) Yeah. So like when you're thinking about affordability and charitability, you need to sharpen the critical thinking aspect of what that really is. If it is about your ego, it will drain you and it will cost you money and time. If it's about true change, it will elevate your business. Mm -hmm. It will elevate your reputation. It will elevate your reach. It'll help real people. It'll truly help people. So that's what, like, even in coaching, like, it's not beneficial if Sid and I were to give away free coaching. It would take up our time. What's beneficial is that we do things that cost a lot of of money, and then we can give back in greater ways. Hairdressers have to think the same way. Who was talking about Patagonia? One of our coaches was talking about Patagonia and how they're giving away a large amount of money I can't remember who it was to, but a charitable organization. To, I think it was to help with the globe, <laughs> to help yeah, with the world. Yeah, like, it was we, to give back, giving back to the planet and to like one specific organization. And hairdressers hear that, I think, and they're like, I want to give back. And so they, they like carve out this tiny little piece that doesn't actually do anything. And they feel good about it, but they didn't make any change. The people that are going to make change are the ones that have dedicated their entire, all of their time, the time that they have in their lifetime, they've dedicated to this. You dedicate it to hair. You dedicate it to creating, you know, financial freedom for yourself. Then you give it to organizations that can run with it and do big things with it. But we don't want to do that because that's not, doesn't feel good enough. It mm-hmm. feels better if it looks how like I'm giving back. And that kind of leads me into like who we give back to and Sid and I want to talk about this big movement to get back to the queer community. Yeah. As if um, 
again, not that the queer community isn't struggling. There are people that are struggling in all communities. Absolutely. But I, there has to be a better way, right? Like there has to be a more impactful way. Like I would rather go down to one of my local LGBTQIA plus community centers and devote my time or give haircuts there, like really help the community. How can I donate my money to that center? Because they can do things on a bigger impact for the queer community than I can. And I I think that's what's, um, I've seen some salons that I really loved. They would do a day where nothing had changed, like on the, um, they do it monthly or quarterly or whatever. And they have a charity that they want to donate to, whether it's a local charity or it is a center within their community, like, And they'll do a day where all the services that day, the money from those services actually get donated to. And the clients are aware of it. So the clients want to book services on those days. And sometimes they give extra money. And it's this big, impactful donation to this charity in a day that seems like a normal work day, but your community is involved. And the next thing you know, the clients are like donating more money or they're donating like specific things from their business to help bring attention to it. And now the whole community is working together on this one day to be able to provide for this charity that can do things in a big way versus just giving away a free haircut. I think it's hard to even do that properly because then you've taken away from your staff's day Mm -hmm. and everyone's like, this is the business has to be financially successful in order to pay their team (laughs) for that. Right. Right. Your team has to be successful. You have to be, if you open a business, one of the things that we suggest is that you start donating 1% of your profits to charity and to a charity consistently, not a random, yeah, yeah, not to a charity like, you know, one month it's this and one month it's that. Like try to pick something that you can stay consistent with because it's it's better for that charity. They can do more with a consistent revenue as opposed to all these charities that we, I hear all the time, like we give to like 25 different charities and I'm like, that is not helpful. Now it's like like 20 bucks each charity. It's not going to impact on the level you want it to. I'd rather give $100 to one charity than $1 to to 100 charities, mm-hmm. right? And so that consistency is really important. And everyone can start with 1% from profits. And guess what? If you don't profit, you don't give. Mm-hmm. And if you don't profit, there's a bigger problem. And yeah. if you have a bigger problem, you can't be affordable or charitable. If you know Destroy the Hairdresser, then you know we talk about hourly pricing all the time. That is why partnering with Aura was a no-brainer. Aura is a new salon booking software that works for salons switching to hourly pricing. Implement the hourly pricing model seamlessly with Aura's online booking experience. Salons can customize pricing per provider and display the provider's hourly rate. If you're switching to hourly, switch to Aura. Tap the link in the episode description to unlock instant savings. Charitability comes as someone grows and becomes more successful. It does not need, it doesn't instantly come. And that's why doing a percentage of your profits is smart because then you don't have to like, you don't have to like calculate it. It's just like, oh, we may, we always give 1%. If we profit, great. If we don't, we can't give. And as we grow and become wealthier and we bring in more money, we can give more. And if you want to up that percentage, that's fine too. But that's how I know when it's just ego, when we give them this tool to truly give and they would rather it be some sort of performance mm-hmm. and then they're struggling the rest of the month. They're like, no one's calling. Well, it's like you just did a charity event. Everyone came in. You were offering some sort of discount. They all got their hair done. 
Yeah, no one's going to. That's where they it work. It takes time. <laughs> you know, two things I want to say. I think, one, when you and I first started this company, we left our salary jobs and left and started all over again to build this business. And for a few years, we were struggling. Like you and I were feeding each other. We were living together. We were doing everything we can to build the dream of this company. And after a couple of years, we got to a point where at the end of the year, we were actually seeing profit. And we were like, okay, what are we going to do with this profit? Like, and we really broke it down of like, all right, we're after going, paying ourselves. After paying ourselves because we had to like <laughs> eat. We're like, what are we going to do with this leftover profit? Okay, this amount is going towards investing into something that's going to help build the business grow. This 1% is going to be something into this specific charity. And we've actually, for the past couple of years, stuck with the same charity. But I think after a year, you can switch it up if you want to, but don't do multiple. There has to be a long time period to be impactful. And I remember that day when we were finally able to be like, we are now consistently going to give 1% of our profits. So we actually give to the Center for Black Equity, which helps with LGBTQ Black youth. And that was really important for us as queers and as in our company, we wanted to be able to find a way to give back in a more impactful way. And that was the charity that we picked and we still pick and we actually give 1% of our profits to them. And 1% seems so small, but on a grand scheme, that's a big amount of money, um, depending. Mm -hmm. Like if you actually looked at what you profited last year and then take 1% of that, could you give that right now? Would it hurt? Would it be painful? It probably would be. So when you prepare for that and you think of that, we know that's going to do something more impactful than just giving during Black History Month or just giving during Pride Month. How can they be bigger? How can you do From something on a cancer awareness month? Yeah. Like, How can you do something on a bigger scale? And consistent. And consistent. I want to shake everyone and be like, get out of this mindset that you have to be affordable. Affordability does not allow you to be charitable. If you're affordable, you can't be charitable. Mm-hmm. If you want to be charitable, you have to be profitable in a big way. And so the other thing is like we said earlier, if my discounted rate is me giving back. I also need to take into consideration that my discounted rate is someone's real rate. Mm -hmm. And so my giving back is now actually taking money from other people in the industry that are needing to grow. Those hairdressers that maybe couldn't afford education and aren't on the top that you are. It is a privilege to be able to invest in education. And so all those hairdressers that invest thousands of dollars in education and aren't raising their prices and yet giving away this newfound talent and educated craft away at a discounted rate again, you're hurting someone that is charging that. And and that's how in every other industry, if you do anything to level up your career, you are worth more, your value has gone up, you make more money. Remember like the whole Wall Street thing where like kids were coming out of school, the 1% and the the 1% and 99%. Mm -hmm. Kids were coming out of school and they weren't able to get jobs. You want to know why they couldn't get jobs? Because people are living longer and the older generation is not retiring. Mm -hmm. And that creates this bottleneck, right? Like people can't, go into the working force because all the jobs are taken. As hairdressers, when we become affordable, we're doing the same exact thing. Absolutely. We're We're hurting our industry. Yeah. we As you grow, you have to become less accessible. You have to become less affordable. You have to move up so that other people can come after you. The ego that we have thinking that like, it's just me saving the world. And I really do think that hairdressers think that they're saving the world with their free haircuts. Lovely thought. But it's delusional and it's not true. You have to move out of the way for someone to come in after you. Salon owners have to move out of the way. 
us hairdressers have to move out of the way. The next generation has to come in and get a job and they have to charge a lower rate to get started most of the time. So by us doing this affordability bullshit, we then are just taking it from them. Mm-hmm. But at least we look good, right? We're doing charity. Don't assume that everyone in the queer community and the BIPOC community are poor. I, I, I think I that is so insulting. Obviously, there are people in those minorities that are financially struggling for sure. But that's I mean, the thing. people in all minorities that are absolutely. But that's struggling. the thing that like we do this at hairdressers. Like, oh, I have to give a discounted rate to this specific group of people, and it's like that's insulting. I also want to talk about how someone will say, oh, my books are slow, right? Especially in the summer. We've just come back in the past year, I would say within the year where people are actually prioritizing their time, their vacations, their experiences. And we as hairdressers almost did it to ourselves because we created these lived in kind of unkept looks as fashion, as trends. And so it's great because our haircuts can last longer. I mean, some of my clients as a blonding specialist, I see them twice a year where it used to be if you got color, you would come every four to six weeks, four to eight weeks. And that's the thing that's not happening anymore. And so a lot of times what we'll see is you'll talk to your client and they're like, I want to come see you, but I just can't afford you right now. And so the hairdresser goes, they can't afford me because they're poor or they're broke. So I should lower my rates to get them in. But what's really happening is that they're choosing to spend their money somewhere else and you are not the priority. Your haircut, your hair service, your color is not the priority. So what they're doing is prioritizing going on vacation with their family, traveling, spending their money on something that, you know, brings them brings them joy. And it doesn't mean that they're not going to get their hair done. Yes. And it also doesn't mean that they can't afford you. They just can't afford you right now. Like how many times have like... They don't want to afford you right now. They don't now. want to afford you right now. Something else is a priority. Something else is more important. Now, yeah, some people, you know, you raise your prices and that's completely out of their budget. But I've also seen people that are on the very lower end of the economic bracket save their money to get a $300 haircut because that was a priority to them. And we have to stop assuming what people want to spend their money on. We have to assume that people want to spend their money on this because I've created value and I'm influential within my social media and that I'm going to offer this. And if people want to pay for it, they will. You know. I use this example all the time that I like wine and I like good wine and I will mm-hmm. spend money on wine, but I look, I don't look like the type of person that does. So when I go to buy wine, I am told where the $12 bottles are. And then when I tell them, no, I, you know, I'm not looking t- for affordable wine. I'm looking for, I want someone to talk to me about wine. That's incredible. Like I'll pay anything. Mm-hmm. And even when I'm clear with them, they'll be like, well, we have the $24 bottle of wines over Like they, always go to price point there's this large assumption in society that everyone's looking for a deal and millennials and gen z are not looking for a deal mm-hmm. and the hairdressers that are doing the affordability bullshit are millennials yeah and the reason it doesn't work is because millennials don't look for affordability Mm-mm. millennials look at something at a discount and go it's not worth it well think about like sometimes makeup even a new new makeup comes out people will spend that money on that but they wouldn't they will you know buy a lot of their clothes and from like the minute, well, cheaper the stores. That, the minute that makeup is discounted, nobody wants it. Yeah. Cause it's lost because its it, credibility. Oh, it's cheap. Yeah. So Ugh. that's the thing. It's like, you have to think about that. Like for me, I don't like spending money on clothes, but I will drop a penny on a pair of shoes. Like you also drop tons of money on concerts. I would never spend oh my money God. on a concert. Exactly. I went and saw Post Malone and dropped 
almost like thousand dollars on tickets like months ago you looked at me like i was insane but i look at you and you're like you're insane for spending that much money on a bottle of wine because right. it's not a priority to me and it's not right. a priority to you and same thing like we have so to we'll remember when that we to, when we go to dinner she'll be like i don't need to go somewhere with nice wine and i'm like i do <laughs> like do they have a beer <laughs> yeah. but i mean like that's the thing is the whole like reactivity around becoming affordable and making like if you're not affordable then you're not servicing everyone no you not servicing all hair types and all clients is not the same mm -hmm. as being affordable or not yeah you not servicing all hair types is a non-negotiable yeah that's that's its own that has yeah. to be fixed that has nothing to do with affordability you not charging enough like that's a whole different story and i really think that like you know there's a lot of mean people on the internet and there's oh, a God. lot of misinformation and there's a lot of things and i think people are really truly scared of people are scared of being canceled yeah and i think it takes a really big mindset shift to do this and i think it's more important to be consistently giving back behind the community or behind the scenes than publicly constantly announcing how you're giving back and how you're discounting yourself and how, you know, like those things are not going to be valuable. Those things honestly are performative. Like, what are you doing behind the scenes? How is your business actually, you open a business and I don't want to hear anybody else say that you open a business to benefit yourself and to benefit the, point. the community. So what are you doing? <laughs> but you have to benefit yourself first. Absolutely. You can't, it's not sustainable unless it benefits itself first. So I want to end on this note. You have to get your mindset right before you do this. You have to really sit with yourself. You have to really look at your money beliefs. This is what we teach in coaching. We really dive deep into like your belief systems around money, why you want to charge a specific way, why this means this, how can we educate you? And I think, I really think that you need to sit with yourself and be like, I'm trying to give so much that now I'm struggling and now I need to be given too. And if that's the case, we really need to reevaluate your business because you're going to put yourself in a financial situation that doesn't benefit anybody at all. And I would like to say, if you are living paycheck to paycheck, you cannot afford to be affordable and you cannot afford to give to charity. You are the charity. Mm -hmm. You have to become profitable before you can become charitable. If you don't do that formula, you will live in this cycle of, yes, you gave back and you got nowhere. I see salons do all the time. Mm -hmm. They give, they give, they give. Nothing happens with their business. It stays the same. And it's, it's frustrating. We should end because now I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me mad too. So I think if anybody's struggling with this and really just doesn't know where to start, know that you don't have to start alone. You know, we always say, reach out, talk to us, reach out to our coaches, maybe just start following our coaches. They're talking about this constantly. Talk to someone in our program, talk to anybody that is doing this thing that you want to do. It doesn't even have to be in our, in our club. Talk to anybody that you see doing this, that you're like, I know you're doing this and you're really successful. I want to do this too, but I'm scared and I don't know how to do it. Like just do something. We have to change this mindset in our industry. And Wanting to give to charity is a great thing. And I think a lot of people want to, but wanting to and having to do it, like the need to do it is not the same. Mm -hmm. It's good that you want to give a charity. It doesn't mean it's the right thing to do right away. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. I don't see a difference between someone creating art with paint in a messy studio and in we're a painting. salon. Yeah, like we're painting, we're creating, we're, I think that's what... When you have termed yourself as I am just a service provider, you tend to charge less because you don't feel 
like the service you're providing is valuable. 